0: Stronger, be wiser. Our seat, our table. This is our voice, our time, our moment, our seat, our table. Yeah.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to our seat, our table. It is Friday morning. It's March the 3rd. March already. I cannot believe it. What what a beginning this has been. You are listening to Our Seat, Our Table, the Leadership Lounge, and today we have a special guest joining us. You are listening to Barbara Chandler, and of course, joining me today is our co-host Daryl Gray. Daryl, how how it do, as they say?
2: (laughs) Good morning, Barbara. Glad to be here. We're doing pretty good.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, 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 I tell you, I feel like I am halfway through the year. Mm -hmm. What about you? Mm -hmm, What mm -hmm. about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
2: Um, Anticipation and anxious anticipation. Okay. Um, Yeah. Looking forward to some things happening.
1: Okay. Anything in particular? Uh,
2: Not yet.
1: Okay, okay. Nothing you want to reveal. Should we say that? It's coming. Okay, it's coming. okay. It's coming. All righty. Oh, but and
2: something I want to talk. Go for it. Earlier uh, last month, mm-hmm. and we touched on a, a topic that's getting a lot of feedback.
1: Okay. Positive
2: feedback. Okay. That I want to share with you and, and the listeners. Okay. Uh, probably at the end of this month, which I think if my calendar is correct, March 31st is on a Friday.
1: I believe it is. I believe it is as well. I'm going to agree with you. Yeah.
2: um, It was the speech that I I talked about, Dr. King, uh, that's not well known. Right. uh, Remaining awake in a great revolution. Okay. And if if the calendar and the history lines up, as I recall, uh, he last gave that speech, i.e. sermon, on that particular calendar date. Okay. And was four days before his assassination. So you you, you and I have talked about it, and you you and many others have said, I'd like to know more about Yes, yes, we want to hear it, so, uh-huh. So uh, some way, somehow, uh, if we can actually find a uh, tape of okay. him speaking, All right. or at the very
1: least. You think YouTube would have something, as they always have everything we, else? Yeah,
2: we can find something, I'm gonna okay. find something. And if we, you know, I don't know how long this the sermon speech is. Okay. Uh but even if we can just read and review certain excerpts of it, I think that oh. would be um enlightening and appropriate. I think so today. too.
1: I think so too. Because
2: as we've been talking about this over the last, you know, 4 plus weeks or so. Yes. And how it's relevant and timely and for timeless
1: today. Yes. Today. So, I agree.
2: Um th- that's what I'm looking at. To see if we can put that together for on that date.
1: Okay. Did you hear Ben Crump's speech? Um, He was recognized. I I want to think just. Yes. Yes. Image Award. That's right. Did you hear it? Yes, I did. It motivated me this morning. I heard it for the first time, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I was completely motivated in that, and. that that's another one we we have to play. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I, I
2: want to review that again. Yes. And, and uh, sit in that again.
1: Yes, yes. Because that's I, what you have to do. You have to sit in it.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and just let it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll talk some more about that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Anything else going on with you?
2: Well, you hit me up early this morning. Uh-huh. And uh, you said,
1: Current events. Yes, yes. <laughs> I
2: said maybe, maybe. There's so much happening. Yeah, there's so much happening. And, yeah. and, and to that point, um, in the overarched at 40,000 feet, you know, we are bombarded with information and images mm. that we don't necessarily pay conscientious attention to. Right. It's just there. Right. It's like an invisible electromagnetic field. Uh, we, we just don't pay attention to it. Uh, but there's some things we really need to pay attention Pay attention to. Attention that to... goes back to that King speech. Yeah. Remaining yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So I heard in inter- a couple of interviews yesterday, one was really disturbing to me. Um, and, and, and as I was talking with our guest earlier, and we'll get into that more. Yes. Um, it's, it's not enough that if you have awards and titles that are attached to your name you know, with your credentials... That doesn't ab- absolve you from being human. You, you, that is correct. You do make mistakes. That's correct. So that's that's not your free pass badge no. to say whatever you want to. Not at all. And, and one thing— favor- All the
1: more. All the more. You you then really have a responsibility oh, yeah, to much. tell the that's truth. It. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. A, yeah.
2: As, as, as you and I have said, I say, you know, responsibility. I slow it down and say response-ability <laughs> and response-able. right. Right, an accountability suit. Yes, so this Which individual, is huge. you know, has awards and titles, mm-hmm. uh, Pulitzer Prize winner, author, publisher, college professor in journalism, wow. et cetera. Okay, and they they, they played a, uh, and I don't want to call their name because, you know, it's bad enough that they're teetering the line of slander, uh, and I don't want to get into the litigious deep waters. Right. Right. I'm just going to try to sanitize this in an As obje- much. objective yes, way. Yes, for our viewers, and you and their, I
1: can talk later. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, uh, we'll talk about Yeah. That. So uh, they played the soundbite of, of an interview, not with this individual,
1: okay. but this is
2: a soundbite that has been virally published elsewhere. Okay. okay? And uh, they only played an excerpt of it. Right. So it could be said, could be said out of context.
1: As always, yes. And
2: and also could be said that this broadcaster, not me, the person, mm-hmm. uh, has an issue and an agenda and a bias. Got it. Um, put words in their mouth. So um, I, I circle back to say, you know, as, as I was saying earlier, through, I guess, you know, from my life experience in the military, one of the biggest takeaway lessons that I had was the way we communicate affects how we operate.
1: I agree. And, I agree. And
2: and 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 a lot of assumptions are made in our communication.
1: Yes. And there's the new term and I and I mean new fairly new when we talk about emotional intelligence. Hey. That's right. Yeah. That's a big yeah. part of our communication yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And um I think people really really have to stop and um think about what they're saying and what they're going to say yeah. and who it will impact. Yes. Yeah. Then
2: you got, you know, cultural sensitivities and yes. social we factors that come in. We're loaded. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, all I'm all I'm saying is uh, you know, oh one of the famous quotes that I that I really like from the late Senator Daniel Packard Moynihan, He was mm-hmm. doing a congressional house hearing and he said to the, the person who was testifying, he says, you know, dear sir, you know, while you may be entitled to your own opinions, you're not entitled to your own facts.
1: Ah. There you have it. <laughs>
2: okay. There you so, have it. You know, there's thoughts and feelings about things, yeah. but then there's ultimately there's the, the truth and the facts the about The truth things. and the facts, yes. Okay. Yeah. So uh let's let's get out of our feelings. Yeah. And and so this this individual, again, credentialed, titled. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: we don't want to say the individual's name. No,
2: no. Well, we'll talk.
1: Okay. Not, okay. <laughs> okay.
2: And and I was I was I was disturbed by that. Yeah. I, 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 perturbed. There, there a bit was, perturbed. There was you know some factors of respect that were lost. Absolutely. And because uh, you, you you took it out of context, you put words in the person's mouth. You went down another rabbit hole that was totally unrelated to the actual issue. Right. Right, 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 Because right. you're expressing your bias. Bias. And uh, that, that bothered me. your feelings me. get in the way. Yeah, that bothered yeah. me. Yes, yes, but, yes. But, but moving on, uh, uh, Ms. Miss, Miss Host. Ah!
1: Yes, 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 <laughs> I'm yes. I'm
2: looking at the... Uh, the Midtown the, 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 Press. The Midtown Press. Yes. Published by Glenn Providence.
1: Yes, yes, yes. The, He's doing
2: great work. Yes, the February-March issue. And uh, on the editor's chair page... yes.
1: I see your name. Yes, I know. Like I'm not busy enough, yeah. right? And, and he says, <laughs> you know,
2: that uh you and and he had worked so well together that uh he he enlisted you into another role that, yeah. that you now wear the hat of the associate editor. I know, I of know the Midtown press. And, and you
1: do know all these fancy terms and titles just mean you got more work to do. Yeah. That's all that means. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: But yeah. you know uh I know Glenn, and yes. and, and uh, he he wouldn't have asked you if you weren't capable.
1: Oh, okay. And okay.
2: just like I'm sitting in the little chair, you're in the big chair. <laughs> I
1: don't know about that. Uh, yeah. you, you asked
2: me the same thing. So uh, I'm glad to be here, and I congratulate you for your new hat.
1: Oh, I thank you. I thank you. And so, you know, when I accept these types of roles, um, working with the Midtown Press, and first of all, I have to say, The Midtown Press, it was named the Pine Hills Press, Mm -hmm. and it has been around for Over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, When I lived on the West Side, I remember always being able to pick it up and see different advertisements. Um, Glenn mentioned to me that he was thinking of uh, purchasing it and just making it much more relatable. And so, again, my my, uh, warm and fuzzy spot is keeping the community involved, Mm -hmm. keeping the community um, information dissemination. It, with so much information coming at us, uh, where you kind of started off this conversation, it matters to us what we read, and yes. it matters to us who is yes. uh, placing this information out. Yes. So I, I accepted, <laughs> I accepted this really initially to highlight our local talent mm-hmm. from the artist's uh, perspective to highlight the local talent. Um, I know there's a lot of publications, and um, a lot of times they're much too. Sophisticated sophisticated for our local community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've made mention of that to the people who um, publish those um, publications. And a lot of times they're also not getting to the people who would like to participate in a lot of these activities. Mm-hmm. So in working with the Midtown Press, um Um, Doing the radio as we're doing our seat, our table in partnership with WPRK, we just want to make sure that everyone has a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. And then number two, that we are relatable to the people who need to get this information. You know, sometimes we can be so sophisticated in our language, so sophisticated in the magazine cover that nobody picks it up. And I know that for a fact. Right. So I'm um, keeping things relatable, keeping it understandable and keeping it where um, the, the readers or the viewers feel like, you know, somebody has my, my best interest.
2: Well, all that you've just said. Uh-huh. Okay. And you asked me earlier uh-huh. what's coming. You had asked me uh, last month or so to write a piece for the Midtown. Yes,
1: I did. Well, that,
2: that's one of the things that's coming.
1: Okay. So okay, I'm, excellent. I'm,
2: I'm I'm working on a piece. Okay. Uh, an op-ed,
1: I'm excited to see it. And uh so excellent. It's it's coming. It's coming. You're listening to Our Seat, Our Table, the leadership lounge. We are here every Friday morning. Uh you can hear us on Spotify, pull up Spotify and type in our seat, our table. Uh once again we have a very special guest. His name is Bob LeBlanc. Am I saying that correctly?
3: You are saying that correctly. Good morning.
1: And Bob is a retired circuit judge right here in Central Florida. And we are in the time where the DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion conversations, I've heard it so many different ways. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. There's so many different ways that we have sliced up this pie, and not everybody gets to eat from the pie. Mm. Right? Mm. <laughs> not in,
3: every- in, in the judicial forum, it was called Fairness and Diversity. So there's another
2: one for you. See,
1: there's mm. another one. So there's another one.
3: Flavor of the Week. <laughs>
2: right. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: Flavor of the Week. So, 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 I tell you, we are seeing where, or we're hearing where, again, African American history, um, and to go back to Ben Crump's speech, if you have not heard it, seen it, pull it up on YouTube, uh, we cannot have these things removed. We cannot have um, diversity and equity uh, conversations be removed from the table, especially when we talk about our judicial system. We realize not everyone comes with that cultural competence. There are a lot of biases and these types of programs are here to, to, to educate and stimulate and inform. So, um, Um, We are so happy that you're here with us, because when we start to look at the judicial system, we're just I I don't want to say just there is no just. Um, We think of uh, our our brother uh, Floyd, uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. We think of our most recent tragedy right here in central Florida, where a nine year old young lady was a nine-year-old child, not young lady, child, as well as a young lady. Our newscasters, um, news reporters were, were shot to death. And we, I, when these things happen and I'm hearing them, I get helpless. I get so helpless. I get drained. And I'm like, wait a second here. How did we get this far? How are we going backwards? And we have so many people fighting. We have so many voices that are saying this is this is not right but yet and still the people who we thought the elected officials they're not saying the words we want to hear so you got to make us understand bob where where are we where were we before where are we now and where are we going because i just feel like we're losing ground and i feel like we're using losing ground fast
3: i thought we were a lot further along than we are yes and in the last yes. 7 years things that have been given a voice, are shocking to yes. so many people. I, I, I thought we were so much further. By the way, you said that you think you're halfway through the year. You know you're only two twelfths <laughs> through the year, right? It's I only March 3rd.
1: I can't believe it. That's not what it feels like over here. Yeah.
3: But, in, but in terms of the judiciary, when you're sitting as a judge, you're charged with making sure that the lawyers themselves don't exhibit any bias or, right. or sympathy or conduct whether it's race, sex, religion, national origin, sexual orientation, all of that. So you're charged with that. If you're not being given DEI education, you're not being given the tools to recognize it in other people. Correct. And so when I read just recently in the Florida Bar News that the Florida Supreme Court, on its own initiative, without anyone asking them to do it, is eliminating DEI education requirements for judges— I was shocked.
1: And I, so it was required before as part of um, – it, well, it was that before you became a judge? How did that work prior?
3: During the – well, I've been a judge for – I was a judge from 2006. I was elected, and then I retired in 2022. So oh, in wow. that term, you did your time. Okay. diversity and fair, fairness and diversity education became mandatory. And so we were all given – you have – Just like lawyers, you have to have 33 hours every three years of continuing education. Correct. And they made the fairness and diversity mandatory. Uh, So for the Supreme Court, on its own initiative, without even being asked to, to eliminate that diversity, my concern is that it's going to eliminate the judges being educated enough to recognize when something is happening. You need to know who's on the other side of your table. Correct,
1: correct. And if you don't
3: recognize who's on the other side of your table, you're going to fail.
1: And you're going to fail a whole community of people. And so once again, for uh, African-Americans, when we think of um, being pulled over by police officers and other um, other other behaviors, this is frightening to think once again that we can go um, and someone who is supposed to uh, be giving us a a fair chance or a fair shot and hearing our stories that that no longer really matters. You, you don't have, you don't, you're no longer required to um, have the tools that can make you make a decision that does not impede my entire life.
3: But absent those tools, you are going to make bad decisions and you are going to impact your community. Everybody needs those tools. We, we can't take two steps back. And it feels like we've taken several steps back.
1: And, and one of the things you said, Bob, was without any, they just, they just did this. No one, without you telling us that this happened, I wonder how many other people know that this has right. just recently happened.
3: And normally a court does something when it is asked to do something. Correct. It's rare for the court to do something on its own. And so for suddenly the Florida Supreme Court on its own, uh, amending the Florida Rules of Judicial Conduct,
1: um, that has been in place for how long?
3: 20, well, the codes have been around for th- since the 70s. There was a big judicial scandal in the 70s mm-hmm. in Florida. So the code's been in in effect since the 70s. Well, and we're all subject to it.
2: You said that the uh, Florida Supreme Court appears to
3: have done this on its own. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I can't really infer anything, but somehow I feel that, you know, with our governor's position on certain things Mm -hmm. that somehow they might have been pushed a little bit or or asked privately to do this.
2: That's the the part that I want to consider or suggest that, uh, so the Supreme Court judicially took an action, and then there might be some tacit initiatives from legislation, the legislation and the executive branch, as you mentioned, seven years ago, 2016, So there might be just a tacit uh, initiative suggestion to make this
3: decision. Well, part of the reason why I'm suspicious about it is that normally for the Supreme Court, the Florida Supreme Court, not the U.S., Mm -hmm. to make any decisions like this, they would put it out for public comment. Exactly. Mm -hmm. They would put it out and say, we're considering changes Mm -hmm. to these rules. Mm -hmm. We would invite judges, lawyers, uh, anyone inclined to comment from the public to do so, mm-hmm. they didn't do that. Do that.
1: Mm-hmm. So, once again, it is lack of transparency. No one uh, was there to protest or to rebuttal that. And so, here we are. So, is it as we speak, is it in effect? that um, judges no longer have to, by, by, by law, they're required to learn any type of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion training. Is it in effect as we speak?
3: It is in effect as we speak. You are still required to have your 33 credits. They've just eliminated the requirement of fairness and diversity as it applies to judicial ethics, saying that fairness and diversity don't qualify as legal education.
0: Mm-hmm
3: and that judicial ethics education should be legal-focused.
2: So to both of your points, Barbara and Bob, uh, Barbara, you said earlier, where have we been, where are we now, and where are we going with this? Correct. And so the question now is, in the the, uh, concept of diversity, equity, and inclusion, is DEI just about appearances or actions, and we as citizens, what do we do now, and as much as this is in place?
3: I I believe that DEI pushed us closer to reality, that initially when they said, well, you have to have a black person on the board, the person wasn't necessarily recognized or given a voice. They were just placed on the board to satisfy some Correct. statistical requirements. And that's what I mean by just appearances. And I believe DEI pushed us beyond appearances okay. and actually made people, made everyone understand that this is just not a token on the board. This mm-hmm. is a person who has real opinions, who is intelligent, who qualifies just like anyone else, and we move beyond race. And I'm concerned that we're going back making race a factor again when exactly. it really just shouldn't be at all.
2: So, again, the question is, As of now, to go forward, we as citizens, what do we do?
1: How do we fight this? Can we fight this?
3: Uh, Oh, boy, you're asking me for solutions that I (laughs) have. You can vote. You can find qualified people to run for office instead of all the unqualified people that publicly harbor their biases on their sleeves and their racism and their misogyny on their sleeves. So you, you can find good people to run for office that will support DEI.
2: And to that point, when, when I look at the ballot and there's a slate of judges, uh, it, it takes a little more effort to find out their judicial records.
3: Well, and that's why for years, people like or organizations like NAACP, uh, League of Women Voters of Orange County, have all done judicial candidate forums every yes. two years. That's right. Uh, specifically for the elections, um, because it's really the only way you get to know right. some of the judges. Some of the questions at the candidates' forums this year were, um, are your children in private schools or public schools? Oh, my. Do you attend church? And some of the candidates themselves felt that that was very intrusive. Mm -hmm. And my response was, are you kidding me? Have you watched Brett Kavanaugh's hearing or Amy Barrett's Barrett's, uh, (laughs) hearing? They asked about everything but the kitchen sink. That's right. So as local judges, we're not more immune That's or right. less immune to anything that the Supreme U.S. Supreme Court candidates were subjected to. So please answer the question. Let exactly. the people ask the question.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And for some people, those types of questions, we want to know where you sit. We want to know your posture. Uh, this is so concerning and alarming. And I feel, again, this is one of these things that have fell under the radar. And the impact, the blowback of this it really changes the trajectory for a lot of our communities. And, and
2: and to your both of your points, that's why I say, you know, electoral ed- education is critical and in the face of, you know, family members, friends that I have, who some who will say, you know, it doesn't matter. Are you kidding me? Right. So I I, I ask them, I say, okay, where do you live? Uh, and just name me three things in the world that you live, that you would want to see made better. And what are you doing about it? So that's why it matters. Yeah. Because you live somewhere, not way away, and you're expecting a way
3: away solution for where you live. You know, as judges, you know that you're thought of probably, I I tried to always remain very humble. Um, And I'll give you an example. In my first This is a stupid example, but in my very first month as a judge in uh, January of 2007, a case was called up, and it was, I don't know, State of Florida versus John Smith. I don't remember his name, and up stood a man but in a gingham dress with high heel shoes and a wig, and my two court deputies snickered. And you know how you have those moments where I think I froze for five minutes, yes. but really it was yes. two seconds? Yes. And I looked at the deputies and I said, Hey, there will be none of that crap in my courtroom right. ever. Are we right. clear on that? And they said, Yes, sir. And they were wonderful deputies right. the whole time. But I thought, if I don't take a position right away, exactly. or if I allow that snicker to happen, then I will have not necessarily approved the behavior but allowed the behavior to silence
1: his consent
3: silence his consent thank you that's yes. exactly what i meant. Yeah. and so and i really froze for about a second but once i said that i thought okay i've made my position known and they never once again exhibited any behavior that i thought was untoward any race or sexual orientation
1: correct Correct. And so simple things like that. And I don't want to say simple because it's not simple. Once again, if you are not familiar with something, if you are uncomfortable with something or someone's lifestyle, your your um, your impulse reaction is to snicker. Your impulse reaction sometimes is to be defensive. And this is why that education is so important.
2: And, that, and that's why I said earlier, the way we communicate affects how we operate. Yes. Those details matter you
3: have to know, you don't have to know down deep, but you have to understand what is across from you. You're sitting up high on the bench. Yes. And you have to know, you know, sometimes you have to understand that someone who's driving without a license. That's right. And the prosecutor wants to put them in jail for 60 days. Well, you ask the question, is he or she married? Do they have children? Does their spouse work? So if I put him in jail for 60 days, then we've got five people that are homeless.
1: That's right. That's right. And then if he is working and he is not able to get that money, um, he misses time from work because he's in jail. It sets back the family again.
3: Homeless. Yeah, hungry. Yeah. More fines. Yeah. And so you just you have to understand what's on the other side of the bench from you.
1: Right. And again, we we talk about emotional intelligence. Um, that, That's a new phrase. I'm not. Yeah. I just
3: recently been hearing about. Yeah.
1: It. Yeah. It's it's a big one in how we make uh, decisions once again um, that, again, impact people, especially when you are in that position as a judge, you. That and, and so, again, that is part of diversity, equity, and inclusion, that emotional intelligence. That is now what you called uh, fair and just. Fair fairness and, and diversity. Fairness and v- diversity. That is now a part of it. Um, so to have that removed once again, we are just putting more people in jeopardy. Um, when they come up in front of you, you're not aware of your biases, that's a big one. You're not aware of your biases and you are speaking or you have the um, authority to make uh, decisions over someone's life and your bias is getting the way. This is frightening. This is frightening.
3: You have to be made aware of what your biases are. You have to know yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. Yes. You have to know we all have biases. Yeah, I know that. I like to think that I'm not racist but who knows in a given right. circumstance I might right. react very poorly
1: that's right um, and this is when uh, systemic racism institutional racism begets more even more intense because you're not made you're not now you're not required to have to deal with any biases that you may have that's
3: why you need to be educated to yeah. be aware of those potential biases yeah. to be aware of those potential incidents of racism
2: and and the pushback is they don't want to know. And it's been said, you know, willful ignorance. You know, well, we're all ignorant at, at some point in time just simply by lack of knowledge or awareness of things. But the pushback is they don't want to know.
3: You know, it's almost it's really scary. I've heard several people comment over the last month or two that they feel the country is as divided now as it was just prior to the Civil War.
0: Let's go ahead.
1: Daryl. you've you had mentioned that, that discussion.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've talked about that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it's
3: shocking Mm -hmm. and it's it's the same for the same reasons Mm -hmm. the same racism
2: and and the same misogyny in addition to that you know of 1859 1851 yeah is when leading up to the now let's tag that with 1938 39 Mm -hmm. in Europe and see the picture of that
3: I think you can make that comparison yeah I do yeah it's just it's just really scary I, you know, even going back to eliminating um, critical race theory yes. in colleges and universities, how can you wipe out that history? How can you not acknowledge that it was slavery yes. that helped formulate the origins of this
1: country, of this con- that built this country? And so how can what... you just wipe that out and yeah. eliminate it? Yeah, and so that is what what is the need there what is the need to want to do that we always say you cannot remove history no matter how horrific that it is so then what will happen is we're raising a generation or generations of uninformed people right and so why and 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 again my, the why for me is this is total power. Mm-hmm. This is a, a, a grab for power, a grab for control. Um, we, we will not be able to make informed decisions without history. Mm-hmm. It just I don't see that happening.
3: Someone told me that they thought the last election was the final gasp mm. of the old white American male. And I think it's not the final gas.
1: Everyone's still
3: pushing. There's more.
2: Yeah, because, Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, what what did we see January 6th?
2: It was an inhale reset.
3: (laughs) Inhale reset. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: It was to let you know it still exists. Take
2: a breath.
3: (sighs) Let's go. Well, the legislative session starts next week in Florida, so I expect we'll see Mm -hmm. some horrible things.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you are listening to Our Seat, Our Table, The Leadership Lounge, WPRK 91.5 FM. We always say if you miss this show, please uh, go to Spotify and uh, get caught up. Today is a very important conversation. We have retired circuit judge Bob LeBlanc joining us. and informing us for the first time. I think many of us are hearing that the requirements for what was called fair Fairness Fairness
3: and and diversity.
1: And diversity, um, what we now call diversity, equity, and inclusion, those requirements are no longer required for circuit judges to have those tools in their toolbox, along with um, African-American studies being removed, along with books.
2: Advanced placement.
1: Advanced placement. Which
2: which was an option. It's not a required uh, curriculum it's an option uh, for advanced placement into college. That's correct. That's offered to high school students. That's correct. So it was an option to advanced placement into college, uh,
3: which is, you know... uh, I will make one prediction about the governor's attack on education in Florida. If you're a resident of Florida, you get an in-state tuition rate. But Florida also heavily relies on out-of-state tuition. Absolutely. And I'm thinking that Actions such as this legislature's intent on placing people on boards and colleges and universities and eliminating CRT all sorts will actually have an adverse impact on out of state people wanting to come. Not just students, but uh staff,
2: professors. professors. Professors, instructors, yeah, yeah. faculty. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to come here.
1: Yes. I was told um a few weeks ago. If we have not yet, I think this will be the second go-round, we are going to see a mass exodus of high school teachers in the coming year. We can't um, afford that. Yes, exactly. We already have a shortage. That's right. We and already have a shortage. Exodus of college professors also. Yes, yes, yes. So what do we do? What is the game plan? And, again, this is, quote, unquote, now it is willful ignorance. that We are in that space of we're uninformed, we do not have informed people, um, um, credentialized people to teach, nor do they want to teach. And who is held responsible for this? Hmm. Yeah. How did we get this far? Well, um,
2: the will of ignorance.
3: Um, power.
1: Yeah. Power, Someone's greed. Someone seeking
3: power, someone seeking to inflame a base for donations and votes gets inflamed and donates in votes by misogyny, racism, uh, sexual orientation, bias, all sorts of things like that. Um, Who would have thought there would even be a campaign called Stop Woke? Exactly. What's wrong with being woke? What's wrong with being aware of, you know, races and sexes and sexual orientation?
1: There's Um, no, what is the danger? What are they so afraid of? What is the danger in being woke? When we use that term woke, it was to make people aware of things that are happening. That's a lot of time what we call institutional racism, systemic racism. So that terminology was stay woke, stay informed.
3: It's a pushback from a white majority eventually understanding they're no longer going to be a white majority. You know, I remember several years ago when uh, I had some discussion with someone about Black Lives Matter. Yes. And they were like, all lives matter. And I said, yes, all lives matter. But you're taking their phrase and you're appropriating it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Let someone understand. You understand what they're doing with Black Lives Matter. Don't appropriate it and, and, and turn and, it upside down. And, Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, that's up- because,
2: because it's a target and a pushback from uh, ebonic colloquialisms, woke, and then they'll say oh, the appropriation of, well, you're awakened Okay. right, so <laughs> I got gotcha. you yeah, that's the, that's that's the appropriate the, the you know, cultural misappropriation to push back racially. but uh, this you know the the power grab totally okay uh, I'm afraid that I'm concerned I don't like saying it right. I'm concerned that somewhere down the line that all these losses of, of the miseducation and and the exodus, of students and and faculty, professors, et cetera, out of the state, et cetera, will now incorporate into an economic loss for the That's state. That's true. Economically.
3: People are moving here.
2: Yeah, but they're moving here, but...
3: More people will move here because of our taxes. Uh-huh. Retired people are moving at an unprecedented rate because we have no state tax. You want to move to some state up north, they tax your Social Security.
1: But can they... Will they stay here? What, meaning... Will they stay here with these? I, I had a couple to visit um, the the center where I work, and they were visiting from Chicago. And a lot of times when I will speak to people and I will say, hmm, are you considering Florida for for retirement? And the majority of people will say yes, not knowing every single thing. And that's my concern. Yes, but you, this particular color. They were a uh, couple. Pardon me. This particular couple was. They were like, no way. Yes. They said plainly, "You all don't have a voice here." Plainly,
2: and that's that's my concern. Yes. Okay. So on the surface, at face value, yeah, the obvious things: no state tax. That's an attraction, but the underlying, unspoken part to what you're saying, Barbara, when people are awakened or woke and realize the real issues that are going on, will that be a deterrent?
3: You know, it sounds terrible to say now, but 30 years ago when I was practicing law, I moved here in 1989 after graduating from law school, and there were just a handful of African-American attorneys. And I had lived in New York, Boston, Montreal, Paris, Miami. So I had lived in diverse communities for decades. And so I came here, and I remember saying to a couple of the handful of African American lawyers. Why are you here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why are you not like in Atlanta? Yeah. You know, we yeah. still have at the time, yes. thirty three years ago, ninety percent of our judges were old white guys. Yes. And it was clear there was misogyny and racism in the courtroom. And I said to a couple of them, like why are you here? And they said, because I have to be here for the generation that will come next. That's mm-hmm. uh, yes, mm-hmm. that's very uh, true. And and I understood it.
1: And what um, do those numbers look like currently Do you know? I know you're not Oh, there's a much,
3: much, much greater uh, diversity among the bar, among the judiciary. This governor even has appointed African-Americans and Hispanics, although they're far to the right. Correct. As opposed to middle. But one thing you learn, supposedly, I did, uh, and I was a strong Democrat.
1: Right, right.
3: Pretty left field. (laughs) One thing you learn as a judge is you come to the center Mm -hmm. right away. And you look at the facts, and you don't make up the facts. You let each side present their facts, let each side present their argument, and you make up your mind. I'm concerned that with the elimination of DEI education, judges won't know to move to the center.
1: That's exactly right.
3: And will harbor these biases. That's right. And maintain them during their time on the bench. That's right. They'll allow Snickers in the courtroom. That's exactly right.
1: right. That is exactly right. It's one of
3: my proudest moments that I had the wherewithal to catch myself and— freeze for two seconds instead of five minutes Mm -hmm. and make that decision
1: right right oh gosh yeah so here we are uh march it's march it is women's history month and there's so much to be said when we start to look at each month has the a different theme february was black history month march is women's history month and so once again i always say to myself are we um, just clichéing ourselves and pigeonholing ourselves because we know we have to deal with African-American history on a daily basis, and we have to deal with women's history on a daily basis.
3: I never thought that I would witness an obvious impact, but here's something that happened last month. I've been a member of the League of Women Voters of Orange County for years, so I went to their luncheon for Black History Month. Okay. The dean of uh, FAMU Law was one of the speakers, and there was another professor. Because of the changes coming up in school and diversity at DEI education, the one of the faculty members spoke. The other one declined to. The one that declined to speak didn't have tenure and was afraid of being recorded. Oh, wow. Hmm.
1: Oh, wow. So that's
3: already happening. Mm-hmm. The other one said, I have tenure.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm
3: going to speak my mind and talk about it. And the other one declined to speak because mm-hmm. she she or he, I forget, did not have tenure. So you're already seeing little mm-hmm. subtle Impacts. Can you imagine someone afraid to speak about DEI?
1: Who has the information? Who has the information? Mm -hmm. And that is what's so scary. So here we are dependent on uh, professionals, the top educated, the most educated. That is how information is always disseminated into our communities. And when you put a muzzle on that.
2: And that's what I was saying earlier. That is an example of a deterrent of future or present uh, professors in the state remaining in the state.
3: I see that. I I can see that.
1: There's no way there's no, I mean, that's like asking someone to go completely against what they have been um, teaching, what they have, the reason why they became a professor. Mm -hmm. So what do we do? What do we do? What is the pushback what is making more people aware? I, this is one conversation. And again, because we have so many conversations coming at us, this is one of them prior to you calling in, Bob, and I'm so glad you did. We were not aware of this. So now, once again, we feel like we're playing, playing catch up, well, trying to
2: play catch well, up. Okay. Well, then ready, set, go. Uh, this is a starting point. Yes. And, and, and getting the information out. As we are on this, on the air, on the broadcast, and off air, and 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 have our forums uh, to talk about these topics and to inform us as citizens.
1: That's true. And, Is uh, anyone doing any type of forums around this? I had um, one of uh, the groups to come in the other day. Um, they um, advocate for climate change, different things like that. How do we get this one in in the vision? How do we make this one? a priority now. Well you
3: can you can contact your elected officials, first of all. I'm represented by Anna Escamani.
1: So are we. So So are we we yes?
3: Adore her. We've supported her. She is I I don't haven't had a discussion with her, but knowing Anna the way, I do in in limited fashion. She's informed and probably appalled at what's going to happen in the next legislative session and probably feeling somewhat helpless to do anything.
1: Okay. Well yeah when when you feel isolated
2: by yourself, it's easy to feel Help us, but as I've as we've talked before about the heavy lifting with the pinky, mm, yes, okay. Yes. But, but when we incorporate all of the digits to make that that fist impact, yes, let's do this. And as I'm saying, this broadcast right there, this conversation here is the starting point. So, ready, set, let's go. Yeah,
1: yeah. Whoa, well, Bobby, we want to thank you so very much for bringing this in to our vision for highlighting this. Um, What should we... You mentioned that you found this information in what um, publication?
3: The Florida Bar News publishes a monthly newspaper that goes to all members of the judiciary, all members of the Florida Bar. Not all states have a mandatory bar, but to practice law in Florida, you have to be a member of the Florida Bar. Got it. So the Florida Bar News put out this in their March uh, magazine newspaper that came out saying the court amends judicial education standards pertaining to ethics. And basically says the dissenting opinion from Justice LaBarga said basically what this is doing is paving the way for a complete dismantling of all fairness and diversity initiatives in the state court system.
1: That's exactly right. That
3: mm-hmm. it says it all. That it says, it. It says it all. And again, it was done on their own initiative without asking for input from the public they since after they passed it put a thirty day, I believe, a thirty day period for comment,
1: and no one. When did
3: that period start? Seventy five day period. I'm sorry. Seventy five day. The rules hand. take effect immediately, but they weren't previously noticed. So the court set a seventy five day period to accept public comments. Well, well, it did, ain't necessarily so. No, yeah, but when did that no. seventy five day period start or ends? I mean, do we still have time to comment? Yes, because the Supreme Court, I believe, acting on its own in January, so there still should be some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of time. Yes, Supreme Court case SC23-114, so it's a it's a 2023 case, so there's still time. So, but if it started in January and we're now in March. But that's putting the cart before the horse. You don't pass the rule and say, oh, we forgot, let's get some comment. Mm, yeah. You know.
1: The process. Yeah. Regardless. The process. I mean,
3: the transparency was simply not there. Yes. And so they're not fixing it by saying let's leave it open for 75 days for comments it's doubtful that they're going to change what they've done and it seems more likely that fairness and diversity will be eliminated from the state court system in terms of education
1: and then you have to ask why do they even exist meaning um the the why are we going in front of them if they can't apply fairness and diversity their existence is very minimal
3: well, they're not saying that you can't apply it. In fact, right. they're still insisting that judges be aware of – we're in charge of a courtroom. We're in charge of requiring lawyers to maintain that behavior. They're simply saying that judges don't need to learn, almost as if we have an inherent better sense than other people of what – when someone's exhibiting improper bias or racism. We don't. We're just normal people like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just shocked at the elimination of DEI education.
1: Terrible, hmm. terrible, terrible. Speechless. I'm just speechless I, on, on so many different levels. You're listening to our seat, our table, the Leadership Lounge, and we are just trying to find out again, again, the power grabs. We're here just dis- discussing with former circuit judge Bob LeBlanc, uh, co host Daryl Gray, and just the removal of any fair practices any fair practices, uh, the removal of tools that may and could help judges in making decisions uh, for black and brown lives. We've discussed Black Lives Matter, of course, and the pushback. We've discussed the removal of African-American history, books, um, um, instructors, professors feeling like they are being muzzled from, again, just sharing the facts, sharing history. And these are people that we... on to give us this information, people who have went into these fields, these particular fields as a way to serve the community. So when you are in these particular fields and you're serving the communities and you have the tools but can't use the tools or you don't have to have the tools to to be able to demonstrate, I tell you, we are going backwards. We are backwards and it is happening fast.
3: You're not being given the tools.
1: We're not being yeah. given the tools. And the that's, tools. That's yeah. what the
3: elimination of those credits, the DEI education, yeah. does. It doesn't give the, the judges tools. the tools to be able to combat uh, racism and misogyny in the courtroom.
0: Mm.
3: I want to go back to what you said
2: earlier in the program that you felt that you're halfway through the year already.
1: Oh God! And, and now
2: this, <laughs> and the and the anticipation and excitement that puts you ahead of it. So, as I like to say, we've talked before. I'm the what if, why not, what's next? Let's This necessary conversation Very. is the what if, why not, let's move forward to the next step. And let's discover what is the next step
3: rather well, than sit in the fearless, yes, I'm, 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 I agree. I'm defeated. The next I, step yes. is to put Toni Morrison books back in the schools. That's first and, and foremost. Yeah. So take them out. Yes. So right? let, let's come together
2: in a forum and, and let's outline the ABC 123 Next Step plans. And you know this is a great conversation, but I don't, saying, I don't want it to just be over, with, over with, with this conversation.
1: So tell me explicitly. You're saying create a forum. We do something in person. Tell me. Tell me exactly what you're thinking. So. I can um, I can start to think about what that can look like.
3: I and always think it's good to go to other groups that already exist, yes. okay, rather so than creating something new. Good. Go yeah. to an NAACP meeting and say we'd like to have a forum on yes. this. Okay. Go to the League of Women Voters. Go to the Orange County Bar Association. Yes. They have monthly luncheons. Go to the African uh, American Bar Association and say we'd like to have a platform. How can we? go yes. out to the community. And that's an
2: example of not heavy lifting with the pinky. Exactly.
3: And let's come together and make that impact. I think it's just better to find existing groups sure. that will give you a seat at their table sure. rather than trying to create it and push some sure. another, another Absolutely. organization. Right. So I always found it was good to work with other groups when you had something you wanted to get it. So
2: possible. let's let's continue to speak and let's move forward in that direction, Josh. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm here. Yeah. Oh,
1: we thank you. We so thank you for bringing this into... I, you know, I'm a, the wind is kind of, you know. Again, when you are just on the front lines for what is fair and what is just um, social justice, I, I always feel so. Um, what's the word here? Overwhelmed. Just, over, overwhelmed is definitely one of them, and just always uh, tossing. We're just always tossing, and 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 again, it's like the the fight. Uh, never ends. The fight never ends.
3: I I don't know what it's like because obviously I'm just an old chubby white guy, but I can't imagine. I don't believe I've ever looked at someone and my first thought was black or white. And I know that there are some people that do that. And their response to that person is based on the color of their skin. I've never ever felt that I responded in that way. In fact, I had a lawyer once. One of the nicest compliments I ever got as a judge. I had a lawyer once tell me, he said, you know, Judge, when I talk to you, I feel like you're not looking at me as if I'm black.
0: Mm. You're
3: looking at me as the lawyer that I am, which I did. And I always thought I did, but I never thought I got it across. And he got me. And it was the nicest compliment I ever got. I don't know if that's you know, patting myself on the back or not, but... Uh, I just thought there are people that look at someone and don't think the color of their skin is what defines them. You are black. There ain't nothing you can do about it. And there ain't nothing I can do about it. Proudly, but that isn't what defines you. I don't know right. the person within you until I get to know you.
1: That's right. Proudly, 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 black. Yes. So, Daryl, any any final comments? Any what we, what are, what, are, what are we left with here? I do love the suggestion of already formulating or or having conversations. With entities that already exist who have a table, um, I do like that suggestion, and sure. just making sure that um, we're now all aware of of what's happening in this lane. That's the next step. Yes,
2: that is the next step. Um, so let's do it.
1: Let's do it. Let's let's do it sooner uh-huh.
2: than later. Sooner than later. Time is not our friend. Happy
3: to help.
1: Okay, okay. I don't
3: know what I can do. I don't know what I have
2: to. What help you've her,
1: done but... today. What you've done Happy today. To and what you've done to it will
3: probably get me in trouble.
1: That's a okay. well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're in good company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, good, good trouble. Good, good trouble. trouble. Yeah, in good good, company, trouble. So good trouble. I'm
2: not afraid of that trouble. Yes, Let's we can't
1: this. be. I mean, look at where we are. What? What? What else can happen?
3: Who used? Who started the phrase "good trouble"? Was it the John Lewis? John Lewis. Lewis. Yes. 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 I heard Benjamin Crump repeat it at some point yes. no, when I was out there.
1: Yeah. Place. John Lewis. Get into some good trouble.
2: and I mean, from way back, John Lewis. Right. Yes. Okay, when he was a youngin,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Like in the 50s?
0: 60s.
2: Well, I'm going to say the 60s, you know. Um, and, and yeah. John Lewis, man, let me tell you. Like I said, when it, when I walked across that bridge,
0: mm.
2: uh, that was a transformative experience to walk across that bridge. I, I in Alabama? Selma, Alabama. I call it the John Lewis Bridge. It's known as the Edmund Pettus Bridge. The Pettus Bridge, right? But I call it the John Lewis Bridge. And when I walked across it, it was uh, transformative to me. It was, it was,
3: it was cosmic. It One was of spiritual. the trips I want to make. I have not been to the museum in,
1: oh. I've in heard Montgomery. Just, in Montgomery, yeah,
2: yeah, I've heard yeah we just, went to my really wife good. and I. We we took a, a road trip, and we went to Montgomery. Saw everything, the new museum, and uh, the new monument. Went to Birmingham and saw their museum and went to Tuskegee campus and saw everything and but the bridge experience for me, because as I like to say as a military veteran, it's a battleground. Uh, we know about Normandy, we know about Gettysburg. Uh,
3: we know about the Pettus Bridge. That's yeah, right.
2: But oh, yeah. you know, to to, to to stand on that ground physically. Yes. And to feel that cosmic vibration of those of those ancestors and the spirits was there it was transformative for me
1: it's there it's there well listen i want to thank you so much bob once again for coming and joining us on our seat our table daryl as always thank you so much for being here thank you for
2: having me yes
1: yes 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 um again you can also go to spotify and if you've missed certain portions of this very, very important conversation, and type in our seat, our table, the Leadership Lounge, um, we are here every Friday. This was uh, a very, very important conversation, important conversation, and has brought a lot of awareness. The Leadership Lounge, we're here every Friday from 9 to 10. We want to thank WPRK 91.5 FM. And, um, Bob, I know that you mentioned that you were once a DJ here as well.
3: I was for five years. I was uh, DJ Rufus. My show was called Stuck in the 80s or Thereabouts. <laughs> Thereabouts basically let me play whatever I wanted. But I focused on the 80s new wave. I Excellent. was a big fan of, like, The Smiths, Echo and the Bunnymen, The Cure,
1: Very uh, cool. Tears for
3: Fears, that whole genre.
1: Ah, shout Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love the 80s. So once again, we want to thank all of you. We want to also um, just keep our uh, West community, West Orlando, Pine Hills community in our thoughts and our prayers. I know that they are working to uh, just get and gain more understanding for what has happened over there. So you definitely have our support. Make it a great weekend. Thank you so much. And we'll see you again next week.
0: be stronger be wiser our seat our table this is our voice our time our moment our seat our table hey 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 our seat our table table okay.